listening to Coco's Tea with I Am The Real Coco. Stuck in traffic. Boss got you tweaking, bending over backwards. Hey, you in school trying to get by. Hey, life make you wanna say fuck the class. Trust me, I feel you're stressing, baby. Ain't nothing real. Don't lose the madness, just relax while Coco get it cracking. From ATL out to California, don't trip, go and take a moment. Just listen to Coco, she keep the speaker blasting. Coco be going No, I'm just saying a lot, a lot of people in radio don't know production as, oh, as far as levels and all that type of stuff. When you you mean the new school? Engineers and or stuff you, like Are you talking about like the new kids, like kids my age or? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I, I'm not in that class. I'm I'm on my shit. Okay, that's what's up. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Frosty's looking like, okay, like I hear you, damn, okay. <laughs> all right. What's good, y'all? I'm Coco. Episode 98, y'all. What's good? Look, okay. I'm going to get straight to it. We got a special guest in the building. And I usually don't say that because um, when I do interviews, sometimes I'm nervous and sometimes I'm like really, uh, I-, I guess like nonchalant, kind of feel like it's something that I have to do. But with this person, like we've, we've created a-, a decent bond over the last couple of weeks. You know, I've kind of adopted him as a mentor. I'm not sure if he wants to be called that but that's what i'm calling them he calls himself the state champ i'm just gonna go ahead and and go ahead and and just what's up frosty i'm in the building state, <laughs> champ, know what to say. state champ bj frosty you know we up in here and uh yeah uh you can call me mentor mentee you know that that relationship is already there you know probably you like mentoring other people absolutely man listen how I, many I, mentees do you have a lot do you really yeah i don't, see, I don't feel exclusive i have a I, I probably mentored. I, I, I've made like so many different DJs. I've mentored a lot of people because I, I always feel like I didn't have that. And it would have helped me come along a, a lot faster if I did. Yeah. Even though I, 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 you know, but I always wanted to give back that that kind of way. That's good. That's That means that you are putting out good karma. So you always going to be blessed. Absolutely. I've been blessed. Okay. Now, how many people have you mentored that specifically want to make a career out of being a media personality and they're not a DJ. Not you know, a DJ. somebody like, you know, um, me. Maybe close to 10 people, probably. Like still today? Yeah. That's a lot. Coco, you're special. They okay. don't have they don't have okay. a relationship Maybe you. you have. Okay. okay. All right. That's Oz all you had to different. say. Thank okay. you. All, all right. right. I yeah. appreciate that. Okay. So <laughs> tell the people a little bit about yourself. But first of all, I want to know why the name Frosty? Where did that come from? Uh, sort of derived from my real name, which is Foster. And, um, you know, but then it also came to mean like, you know, Frosty's for the diamonds. Wait, my hold on. stone is a diamond. I just realized broke. I don't even know your real name at all. Well, now you know. <laughs> it's Foster. What's your first it, name? 
My last name is Phillips. Oh, so Foster Phillips. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and then I'm, I'm a Kappa Kappa Diamonds, and you know, my birthstone is April Diamond, and mm. you know, and if a lot of people may not know to see the just a little my, on my geek side, you know, the needle from the record player that touches yeah. the record, that's mm-hmm. a diamond. Mm. Okay. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, but giving us a little uh, music history lesson right yeah, here. Yes, the hardest substance known to man. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Has the highest melting point. DJ Frosty is low-key a nerd. <laughs> he does be like, this is our conversation all the time. He just be like throwing out random facts. I'm like, okay, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know. That's what I do. I just read articles and facts. I don't read books. But books... I didn't say nothing was wrong with reading books. Okay. I'm just saying I don't read books. Okay. That, that's fair. Okay. So, like I said, you're born and raised in Columbia, South Carolina. Correct. Um, but you've you've been able to build a career there, North Carolina, Georgia, now here in Alabama. You're yes. one of the hottest DJs in the state. Arguably, probably one of the hottest DJs in the region. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, tell people how how did you get here? How did DJ Frosty build his name, build his brand? Uh, and what made you want to get into the industry? Because this is something that, like, you have to have grit and a hustle about you to be in it for this long. Right. So I've been DJing since I was 15. I, my, I started lifeguarding at 14. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm in my late 30s. That's all we need to know. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I started, uh, like I said, I was DJing at 15, lifeguarding at 14. So over the summer in high school, like, I was making money. Mm-hmm. I had like a lot. Of, I always had money in high school. Mm-hmm. And then I go to college, and I bring my equipment there and set it up in the bed in my, my dorm room. So that's how everybody started getting to know I was a DJ. Where'd you go to college? University of South Carolina. Okay. And so that led to me doing a lot of events on campus. Plus, I, I'm cut from a long line of Kappas, and I had two cousins who was already Kappas on campus. So I started doing all the Kappa parties, all the Kappa events. Mm. Eventually, I became a Kappa. And I went on, like, this tour. Like, I was DJing for, like, every Kappa party from different colleges, Every, from South Carolina to North Carolina, a little bit of Georgia, mm-hmm. I was doing all of their parties. Mm, so you became like the so like the Kappa the DJ. go-to DJ. That's what people was calling me, the Kappa DJ. I believe it. And that bothered me a little bit. <laughs> so after a while, I kind of fell back from it. Um, but it had me working. I was working at least three nights a week. And it was like I was on tour. I was mm-hmm. like at a different college like every night. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I was doing all the big parties in the city and another station and they popped up. Every DJ was trying to get on that station, but I was still in school. I didn't give, I was like, man, I'm not ready for. What was the station? Uh, Hot 103.9. What market? Columbia, South Carolina. Okay. So while I was there, they, we would do parties together, meaning some of the DJs. So they was like, hey man, Frost, come out of the station. I would never go. I was like, y'all. All right, but I would never show up. But the third time they asked me, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take them up on the offer. So first day I get on, I come there. They let me talk in the mic. Two weeks later, they they start letting me guest mix. Then that led to my own show every Friday night from ten to two, which 
I had to give up my Friday night gigs because they was like, you had to do it live. But that was that's what we call paying dues. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure you were losing money. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So Because radio don't pay. Radio don't pay. I'm mm-hmm. losing money. But I'm on the radio and I'm in college. Mm-hmm. I'm on the hottest station. Yeah. So now you can charge more money. Because mm-hmm. it, 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 especially back then, people always looked at the DJs on the radio yeah. in a different light. Absolutely. So... Um, still today, yeah, even, yeah, even still to this day, yeah. And so, um, eventually that led to me getting doing the eight o'clock mix mm-hmm. with the with the same people that brought me on because mm-hmm. I was doing the guest mixes. So, but anyway, few few years later, uh, another company bought our station and they merged, and the person that was on the rival station. With Charlemagne the God. Mm. So they put me and him together. So he was the personality. I was the mixer. And then we f- formed our company. And we was just. And what was the station that he was on? Because it was. 103.9. 103.9. Okay. Yeah. And so. And then you guys formed uh, Stupid Dope Moves. Stupid Dope Moves. Yep. So what was the basis of that? We was trying to start a, a, a little label. We was trying to find talent, but also throw events. Um, and we had artists. We made every artist we had. We we made them the hottest in the city. Um, we got if you ever know who Lil Rue is, nasty song. We got him his deal with Def Jam, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a crazy story. But um, do you want to tell it? Because I think uh, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting story. So Lil Rue had his song, nasty song. It was already hot. Mm-hmm. It's on fire. Then it starts dying down. Then he has issues with the local label that he was with. Mm-hmm. So he he comes holler at me and Charlemagne. He's like, "Hey man, I I want to I want to join Stupid Dope Moves. How can I be down?" So Charlemagne calls me because he he called he talked to Charlotte first. He's like, "What you think about you know rocking with Lil Rue?" I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." Um, so we immediately form a plan. We we do a mixtape. Reintroduce the song, call all, all our radio friends in South Carolina and North Carolina to start playing the record again. So they start playing the record. Back then, even to this day, there's so many stations, there's so many urban stations in North Carolina and South Carolina that you will get a deal if you just get those people playing your station, I mean, your music. So at the time, Charlemagne was at Wendy. He, he was with Wendy Williams. And so... Remember Swiss Beats was dating Mashonda? Do you know mm-hmm. that? His ex-wife. His ex-wife. Mm-hmm. So he, they just started dating. And so people was calling Alicia Keys a homewrecker and all this type stuff. And so Swiss called Charlotte and was just like begging him. was like, hey, man, I need you to keep Wendy off my ass. Mm. You know, he's like, he, he didn't want Wendy to talk about the subject mm. of him. And so Charlotte did that. So Swiss was like, whatever you want, I got you. Okay. So once we get it hot... Uh, Swiss Beats walked Charlemagne into Def Jam and a few other labels. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted to sign Little Rule because of that. Because mm. we had that Swiss, Swiss Beats Beat co-sign. co-sign. Mm-hmm. There was another guy named KP who was L.A. Reed's right-hand man, who was an A&R. To this day, too? To, to this day. Okay. To this day. He wanted 
he was in Lil Rue's ear telling him how he had the worst deal in the world with us. And so Lil Rue didn't want nothing to do with us. He felt like he didn't need us no more. Right. Everybody wanted to sign him. We wanted to take him to Asylum because Asylum had Webby, Bun B, you know, Trill Fam, like, it's a Southern label. Right. Like, you right. You, if it, he's He fits the brand. You fit the brand right. and you'll be treated like you wanted the best artist over here. He wanted to go to Def Jam. So it's like, let's go to Def Jam. So our attorney, which is Wendy Williams' attorney, she worked out it where we could get $350,000 as a label. And we was going to make Lil Rue a co-owner. So he had been a co-owner and an artist. He wanted to separate. So the most we can get him was $150,000. Well, $150,000 advance. So got the advance. He took eighty. There was another person, another people, person in the group he was signed to. So they got forty, and me and Charlamagne got thirty. Okay. And so that was the end of our relationship. Mm. And nobody's they, talked to him since. No. So this I was, mean, I have, but not Charlotte. I don't. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot because this guy's on YouTube talking trash. Oh yeah. Telling everybody that Charlamagne sued him for so that then, money. So then, what's your conversation with him? I'm trying to explain to him where he went wrong. I'm like, Rue. And he's not hearing it. He's not hearing Even it. Even to this day, with, with no contract, no music out, no nothing? The only, he, only thing he was wanted to do was talk to Charlotte. He wanted to have a conversation. He wanted to apologize. But I'm telling Lil Rue, you got under, to understand what happened before you can... Like, Charlotte don't want to deal with you no more because mm-hmm. you went around just telling these lies. Do you think he wants to apologize now because Charlemagne is Charlemagne now? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why Charles was like, nah. Right. I mean, I don't blame him. Yeah. And so that killed that killed everything momentum-wise as far as uh, what we was doing because Charlemagne didn't want nothing to do with the music stuff no more. Mm. Uh, so, again, this was like 2008? 2010. 2010, okay. 2009, 2010. Okay. It was the same time Jeremiah came out with Birthday Sex. I, okay. I remember it because it was like they got the, they signed around the same time. Okay. And, and was always. like I, that could have been us. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, dude, like they took all his publishing. Damn. So when the nasty song gets played, he don't, he don't get no money Nothing. from that. He don't, he don't own the song. Mm. It's like we try to tell you that. So. So he's so come he, he's come forward and say I regret that decision and I should listen. He 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 he, he didn't yeah sorta of. he he's like there's certain things he want to apologize for he was wrong about but I don't know if he if he totally get it you know what I'm saying like we try to save you from that with that deal you signed with Def Jam yeah because I'm a, like so if you're an artist if you're an artist mm-hmm. at least back then this is how it went like so when people say I got a million dollar deal mm-hmm. so. It's not a million dollars cash million, in your pocket. It's not, no, not even close. Right. So we got the $150,000 advance. Mm-hmm. So that leaves you at eight fifty. dollars You get a $600,000 recording budget. The, the rest is for promotions and your video. So KP got his own recording studio, right? Mm-hmm. Same guy at KP, L.A. Reid. Mm-hmm. So you record your album. At his studio, guess who gets that money? The label. Yeah, but not the label. 
KP and LA Reed. That's the game they run. Oh. It's almost like it's almost like you robbing your own label. That's why TLC was broke. Um, similar contracts to that, probably. And TLC probably didn't understand their contract. Most as people well. don't. You know, if if we buy you outfits, and we we paying for this, we paying for this, and we paying for this. Yeah. Uh, all it, that all that money comes out of your budget. Yeah. When when labels come around and they take the DJs out to eat and. All this type of stuff, all that money comes out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. You think you think the labor just paying for it? Yeah, no, nah. Mm-mm. So you're not gonna. You, so if you if you don't sell a certain amount of records, you're not gonna make your money back. And if you don't make a certain amount of money, and if you're not hot enough, that's it. Right. The labor not gonna put a, another album out on you, mm-hmm. and they and you're still on the contract. Right. So now you stuck. Stuck. Mm. Yeah. And if you don't have a team. Your own team to help you push your record, your career is over. That's what happened to Lil Rue. Yeah. That's why he's done. Mm. Well, maybe he'll listen to this and um, I don't know. Maybe he'll get it finally after listening to this. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Ten well, years ago. Okay. So at, so you and Charlamagne... Um, I forgot the station just that quick. 1039. Yeah. In in Columbia. Actually, we met before that, but. That was joined, how you guys started a working forced, relationship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you were at that station for how long? So I was at that station a, a good many years. Not good. Like a few. So Charlotte, so Charlotte got picked up by Wendy. Right. And a few, like a few years later, um, another. Another station, well, another PD that was at the rival station, they came, when he came, he hit me up and was like, hey, Frosty, how would you like your own show? Mm-hmm. Monday through Saturday, 6 to 10. And me and my program director, who me or Charlotte didn't really get along with, we wasn't getting along at all. Why was that? So, it was two things that pissed me off. One... So there was another DJ I believe they wanted to bring in. Who was a big DJ? Me and him was probably the two biggest DJs in the state. Okay. So he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna give every I'm gonna give y'all five DJs. This is this is my show. Well, my night. Well, my mix eight o'clock. He was like, "Hey, I'm gonna give five. I'm gonna give y'all five DJs, uh, like a little battle, and may the best man win. That's who's going to win the show." Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I. I can outmix all these dudes, no problem. So I'm not worried. Mm-hmm. So it was supposed to last six weeks. It was months later. But so I was on the um, radio with another guy and we was talking and I was just like, I, that Sunday, I'm trying to not skip around, but that Sunday, me and my homeboy, we went out to eat. And this girl who was serving us, she was like, she was messing with us, and she was like um, telling us that she was Miss Spring Valley, which is a high school. So I was like, all right, I'm going to find out Monday if you, you know, if you legit. So after my mix Monday, I get on the mic, and I'm like, hey, all my people from Spring Valley, can y'all let me know it's such and such uh, Miss Spring Valley? Mm-hmm. So they called in, and he was like, yeah, she's Miss Spring Valley, blah, blah, blah. Next day, her and her mom come to the station she left school crying because the kids told her 
that I was calling her a bitch and a slut and a hoe on the radio. Now, if you know radio, you, you cannot, cannot talk do that. like that, right? Yeah. You can't, you're not saying But the program di- b- director believes it, or maybe not believes it, but has an issue with it even being something that's brought up because he knows cool. who didn't do it. So they go back and listen to the tapes. They realize I didn't say it. Right. So the girl's like, oh, I guess he done already promised her that he was going to do something, you know, reprimand me some kind of way. She was like, please don't suspend him. Please don't suspend him. So he calls me up there, calls me to the office and is like, listen, we went back and listened to the tapes. You know, I realize you didn't say it, but you, but you, it should never been, it should never happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm suspending, suspending you for a month. Okay. So I got suspended for a month. Yeah. For something I didn't even, even do. say. Yeah. And then you already just demoted me, really, from five days a week to one because we're having this battle that was only supposed to last six weeks, but now it's freaking April, right? Yeah. Two or three weeks later, I get the call from a new, the new PD that's coming. Say, hey, Frost, how would you like your own show? At the competitor station? Yes. Okay. Six to ten. What station is that? 100.1 to B. Okay. And see, that's where I really took off. Okay. So I was like, yeah, I'm out. Man, those radio people who those those program directors, man. Oh yeah, they they do things to piss people off, and you know I know how it go. But listen, I'm getting my own show, five days a week. You upgrading? I'm upgrading. Yeah, well, six days a week. So I get on 100.1 to be, and is my status just goes through the roof. In the city. So, like, I'm actually taking phone calls. Every time I answer the phone, like, it's just girls screaming. Like, every time. It's they're like it, it they're gets, in love with you. Yes. It's, 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 it's annoying. <laughs> He's no, a yes. Listen. Real, real, no, like, real talk. I've had celebrities that were coming in. I, I remember having Trey Songs in there with me. Mm-hmm. And half of the phone calls were from me. That's crazy. I'm saying, hey, call up Trace. Why Holmes. are they liking you? I have no idea. Frosty, yes, you do. Don't I have no, no, Don't I, act fake, I'm humble. Just, but it it was crazy, um, because I just thought that was normal. I thought that's just how it is. That's when you what have comes your own with show. radio, right? Or, okay. It, it it took me leaving to realize. Where like, did you oh, go next? You go to Georgia? Yes, I went to Georgia next. Okay. So my station, even though we was the number one station, kicking ass. Flip formats. Mmm. Damn. And it was a new station? It, it wasn't or that it was, new. Oh, okay. It wasn't that new, but it was newer than another station. But they flipped formats because at the time, Barack Obama was going up against Mitt Romney. And Mitt Romney owned Bank Capital. Bank Capital owned Clear Channel, which is now iHeart. Right. So it literally went from Beyonce to... Rush Limbaugh, Swift. Rush oh. Limbaugh, and all these, you know, white conservative, conservative talk. Yeah, bashing Barack Obama twenty four seven. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's crazy. And for us, so just to clarify for people who don't know, when we say flipping formats, it means that basically the the station switched from being like one type of music to. Right. A different type. Of, it's kind of self explanatory, but yes. just wanted to clarify. Okay, so then you go to Georgia. You're at that station. Things were kind of weird there too, right? Based off of our conversation, how long were you there? I was I was there for like 
three, almost four years. Oh, I don't know why I'm thinking you were there longer. Nah. Okay. So yeah, I was I was there for like three or four years. But see, when I was at Hundred Point, when to be everything was, outside of that, everything was smooth. Like, right. Um, you was I like my it. I like my PDs. Yeah, yeah. You know they. You was a superstar. I was a superstar, so they <laughs> they treated me, I guess, like one. Yeah. Why do you call yourself the state champ? Where does that come from? So, uh, well, one, I, I was a state champ in wrestling, right? Oh, you were a wrestler in high school. In high school, okay. So, one day I had this bad, I had this beef with another DJ. He he was he was popular in the streets, but he wasn't on the radio or nothing. Um, I was both, so he was still like little. It was like David and Goliath still. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, what, like, so where he grew up from, it was probably like 30 minutes from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you got a smaller place going up against somebody from a bigger place, they were, people from the small place were ready to ride. Right. Know? So, but I'm squad up too. You know, I got this whole thing, my streets, the, I'm a cap already. So we have. So in this scenario, you're from the big city, right? Okay. So we go and have a battle, and it was, it was, it was hard to to keep it hip hop. You know what I'm saying? So why? Because I'll be ready to. <laughs> we ready to take it to the street. Okay. This this is what we like for me. I've been doing this since I was 15, so I'll put everything into this. Uh, don't, play with, don't play with me yeah. on this side. Like, and so, you know, we have a battle, and I feel like I got set up. And I don't know who, who was involved. Um, so we have a battle, and two of the judges don't show up. Well, they told them not to show up. They told them, like, we're not going to really judge it. So we get there, and there's one of the judges there, and it was like like 30 minutes before the battle, I was like, hey, we're going to go ahead and judge it. I'm like, cool, let's do it. Um, so this guy, he starts off for the first 15 seconds doing pretty good, and if, from that point on, it's a complete disaster. Music cutting off. He's playing the wrong side. He, he had to pick up his headphones. If anybody know DJ battle culture, there's no headphones involved. Mm. So he he's trying to find his place on the record. It's it's just a complete disaster. So after I get off, even when he got off, everybody was just chanting frost. Even his people was chanting frost. Dang. And they gave it to him. What? The, the so the other the one judge. And this is why I don't understand. This is why I don't know if I if I was set up. So the one judge was a, a another DJ, but I know it was somebody who always won in my spot. And then the judge, the judge. Had the other two judges been there, and, and I lost, I'd have been totally cool with because one of those guys is is my homie. His name is DJ Shaquem. Y'all might know who ever, ever heard him, but he's a super friend of Atlanta. He, he he's a, he's new additions DJ. Okay. Um, but prior to this, me and Charlemagne had a falling out, right? And so 
there was this group. This is a lot. <laughs> it was a group called Zarna. They had just got to deal with capital. And we, me and Charlemagne, we, we, we clicked up with this crew called Never So Deep Records. And they, got a, they had a million dollar, uh, a multi-million dollar record deal. And they had an artist who, once they got the money, this guy like just threw all his money away. Didn't record. He, he had rented furniture. So when he ran out of money, he had nothing. It's it's a crazy story. So there was a guy named Bless who was a producer with Never So Deep Records. And the group Zarnock, he had like eight joints, eight records off of this 12-album project. So when it came time to promote a single, they didn't choose his record. Okay. So they didn't... I had a at this time I formed a relationship with the manager. They didn't want me to Bless didn't want me to play the record because he wanted to have the first single. So they wanted to make the first record a dud. Because he knew he had the second single. So I was like, all right, I'm not playing it. So this is how long ago this is. So I go to Rap City, the DJ on Rap City. And Rhapsody the Basement? Yes. Okay. So when I get there, they're like... What was hey. that DJ? It, it had like three different ones. Okay. Um, so I go there and it's like, hey, Frost, we got a surprise for you. It's like, what's that? He's like, you're doing two episodes. Of Rap City? Yeah. So I do two episodes and um, the first episode, I forgot to shout out the people who helped get me on, which is a lady named Leslie Hall. And her husband, her husband's name is Jermaine King. Jermaine King owned King Magazine, if y'all remember that. Yeah. So I was like, damn, I got to shout them out. Yeah. So the second episode, I'm on with Trillville. You know, it's three of them. Okay. So I'm like, oh, yeah. So they, by the time they get to me, they're doing a wrap-up sign. Because in TV, if you go over, yeah. they got to do the whole thing over. Right, right. So I'm like, hey, just shout, you know, shout Ice Media, Leslie Hall, blah, 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 blah. They aired that episode first. So everybody, never so deep, thought I just didn't shout them out. So now the whole crew is not speaking to me. Everybody mad at me. So what crew is this? This is never so deep. Because this is prior to Stupid Don't Moves. Okay. But me and Charmaine was already connected this way. Okay. So how does this get to the judge? The judge. The judge from the the competition. Okay. This one get this one okay. going. So me and Charlotte, so because they stopped talking to me a few weeks later, the manager keep calling me. It's like, hey Frost man, I need you to support this record, man. I was like, all right, you know, I'm gonna play it once. So I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a spin. I give, I play the record, Charlemagne comes running around. And it was like, yo, I thought we told you not to fucking play that record. I said, you're not my fucking boss. What the fuck? Get the fuck out of here. So at that point, so at that point, me and Charlotte stopped speaking for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think Charlotte realized my weight in the city, too, because the, the city stopped fucking with them. They stopped, they stopped booking them for, like, clubs and shit and everything. Mm-hmm. So down the road, Charlotte, Charlotte came back and apologized. But before that, he helped put 
this thing together. And I'm not saying he had anything to do with it, but the next week he started doing. So the guy who I had the DJ battle with, they had a whole clique called Flame and Fury. And they used to throw these parties. The next week, Charlie is booked for every week for the events. As a host. As a host. And I'm like, you're supposed to be my man, but you know how you're doing. They booking you every week. Yeah. I'm just saying. So you think that he maybe has something to I'm do not saying he, I'm not, I don't know. Have you talked to him about it? No. So but what are we talking but he, we, he apologized, so we moved. We, we moved. We moved what you past bringing that. into the Coco's Team podcast? I'm giving you an exclusive. I'm just, I know. Te- I'm just telling. You, I'm just, so I'm telling you what happened. So y'all need to talk about this. No, we good. Okay. Well, no. That, either way, it, I mean, it don't matter at this point. I mean, it doesn't. But I mean, so well. So my thing was, I I'm st- like, no matter what, I still run this. I'm the state champ. And that's how I, I can't. I started calling myself the state champ because I'm like, y'all niggas can't. Y'all niggas can't dictate who I am, you know. And everybody said it. And years later, his own crew came to me and told me that the dude lost that battle. He's like, everybody knew you won that. His own crew. And so that's when I was like, well, so you started whole- redeeming yourself by calling yourself the state champ. Sorta. Okay. It was it was sort of like to let motherfuckers know, like, yo, you don't dictate who I am. And, you know, it was, first of all, it was taped on television so people can go back and watch it. Okay. And so it was a huge controversy because what? everybody could see it. Okay. So, and so even him, like, if, if I beat you in a battle... And and you start calling yourself the champ. Wouldn't you say something? If I didn't. Oh, say was, something slick? Yeah. He never said a word. Because he knew. He knew. Right. So, um, and even to this day, everybody know, like, these, the scratch stuff, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Like, you, unless you t- do that seriously, you don't want to come to me with that. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. So you, uh, the station flipped to South Carolina. You was at a station in Georgia for a little while. And then you were in Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And I remember what my question was. That's why I was typing on my phone. Because remember okay. I was telling you before the interview, I had a question that I didn't write down that I remembered. So you, like I said, you were at the station in Georgia for a few years. Then you came to Montgomery, correct? Correct. So how long were you at? Uh, it was 1051. 105, how 105.7? 105.7, my bad. Yes. How long were you there? For like a year and a half. Was it really that short? Yep. Okay. So one thing that going to Georgia taught me was how to... Were those iHeart or Clear Channel at the time in Georgia? yeah. Okay, so you've pretty much been with... iHeart for a long time. Right, okay. So it taught me how to rebrand myself. Because when you, I'm gonna tell you one of the hardest things to ever do is be on top of like on on top and then leave it. Mm. And, and that's then, what you did in Colombia, right? I mean, you didn't have a choice because it flipped. I mean, I, I mean, I didn't have to leave. I could have stayed and not be on radio. 
told my other PD because I left. He hated me. Like, when I left, they had a meeting. It was me and this other girl that left. In the meeting, he's like, I'm going to bury him. Not her, not the station. I'm going to bury him. Because you left for the competition. Right. But somebody else left for the competition as well. And that's why I was like, why are you singling me out? You know, you know, why not just say I'm going to bury the other station? Was he racist? Was he a white man? No, it's a black guy. What? See, I didn't want to think that. What's up with niggas in the industry? What's up with these black men who have some a power in radio who feel like they got to like, one, one kill you? One thing a lot, some people taught me or told me that you, you, you kind of have to accept. Because see me, I don't like blaming people for anything that's. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to like blame somebody for something that you know. what I'm saying I just, but sometimes you have to look at things too after people tell you. Like my PD in making people always like uh, he's jealous of you. Sometimes I was about to, that's you can what I was have people say. jealous of you. That's why, yeah. like me and Shola, we we we're the ones who had the issue with him. Oh, he had an issue with us. Yeah, he took the reason Charlemagne got on Wendy Williams is because. All right, so there was a, a guy who had a club. Well, he's a club manager, and he got arrested for date rape. And there was is this a, the the party that Charlemagne had. No. Oh, okay. No. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The, um, this club manager got arrested for date rape, and I guess it, it he had a couple accusers, and it was in the paper. And so, you know, you if you know Charlemagne, you know he's about communities type stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is a white guy who's date raping black girls. He he posted an article on his Facebook page. Well, that manager tried to sue the station. Because they tried to sue the station, they took Charlemagne off every day and just put him on Saturdays. And so Wendy Williams... You know, she kept coming to town because she was at, she was actually doing um, she was actually syndicated on our station. She was doing afternoons, and she was like, "Why is somebody with this much talent only on the radio one day a week?" Mm-hmm. So she snatched him. So that's how he ended up on Wendy. And um, and like I said, like you know, at that time, me and Charlotte was doing a lot. We do like the mixtapes. We got mixtapes with like giants from Kanye West, Swiss Beats, Three Six Mafia. Wow. It just goes on and on, like drama, you know, Cali. We just got, it was just, we was running it up. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't think he was necessarily jealous of me, but he might have been a little jealous of Charlemagne, you know? Um, and what you guys were building together. Right. 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 Because it goes, and, because it goes beyond just the walls of radio. You guys are creating something that they couldn't control. Absolutely. And something that could go far beyond Columbia, far beyond just the realm of radio. You guys are cr- kind of creating a legacy for yourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's why the city always say how they, how they, uh, they miss us. So, yeah. So you, you get to um, 105.7 in Montgomery. Um, another iHeart station, and you're there for a year and a half. And so what I wanted to ask you was, like, you were part of the major layoffs that iHeart had a couple months ago. Right. Mm-hmm. So tell me about 
what happened when you got, I guess, the call and when you found out everything was going down? I was hearing rumblings the week before that AHA was about to do a purge. Yeah. And uh, I'll be honest, I thought I was safe because I'm like, I'm production director. They got to have a production director. You do know? they? Not, uh, not, not guessing you, but I'm just saying like, okay, so school me. What's a production director? Because I don't know that role. So the production director is a person who's like, hand, manages the commercials. Okay. The money. For the whole market. Yeah. Okay. Okay. For, yeah, for the whole cluster. Okay. Um, and that was my job. And I was like, they got to have a production director. Okay. But when they did a purge, um, they just, they made, they went from, they decided that like, so I'm on, if I'm on Hot 105.7 and Diamond Tyler is on 95, 97, 97, jams, they don't, their thing is, their thing is, we no longer look at 97.9 Jams as our competition. Our competition now is Spotify, Apple Music. Streaming. Streaming. hmm And so they, I can't think of the word I want to use, but basically they made everything regional and national. hmm So now the, like, the person who handles what I was doing is, is lives in Birmingham. Okay. So he's like handling production duties for different markets. In the whole state. Yeah. And so everything is going out for iHeart. That's the way they're going. So it's not Automating about. Automating the jobs. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. So they call it AI. And I don't know what that initiative, how far they're going to take it with the AI. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I always tell people like, I tell people now, like I would never work for iHeart full-time again ever because i i would feel like i'm working to help you replace me right with all the fit why would i do that why would i help you with that mm. i'm not with that no more okay i'm done with that so you were hearing rumblings the week before so yeah thought I was you here, were safe thought i was safe so monday i come in and before i get in i got my homeboy in columbia he he hits the group chat yo i just got laid off so i'm like damn this and what shit. market was he in Columbia. So let me ask you this real quick. Going back to you saying you were hearing rumblings, because I'm always interested. Like radio is so uh, it's so small. Everybody knows everybody. Right. Everybody knows everybody. And before anything hits, like before anything is official, people are talking. Yes. And I'm always interested to know what are what's their source. So what was your source when you were hearing these rumblings? Uh, well, Charlotte, me and Charlotte talked about it. Uh, I talked about it with a few other people. So I talked about it with a few other people first. Does he have a lot of company insight because of how he's Absolutely. positioned? Absolutely. Oh. He talks to Bob Pittman. That's CEO. Yes. Okay. They have conversations all mm. the time. Okay. So he knows what's happening before. Right. Happens. Okay. Um, but I'm sure he probably didn't hear it from that person. He probably heard it from somebody else. Because it's almost like it's it's a, it's like if me and you got a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I hear some things. I'm like, Kogo, they about to, you know, I don't know who, but some shit about to go down. Okay. And you, you probably be cool with Diamond. You might be like, Diamond, yeah, Frosty just said some shit. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Some shit about to go down. So and that's telephone. Yeah, so basically just get past it, and that's how people start okay. hearing about it. And um, so I, I walk into work, and as soon as I get into work. On Monday. On a Monday, Ashley, uh, she was like, um, Greg, Greg wants to see you in his office. And I was like, holy shit, it's about to happen. Greg is who, the GM? Uh, yes. Okay. So I get in there, and, I, and it was hard. He's such a jokester, but I knew it was real because I've been through this when I was in, when I was in Georgia. If you ever walk into a room and the HR person is there, you're done. It's over. It's over. Yeah. And I was, and I was like, All What's right. up? <laughs> Give me my papers. <laughs> the crazy thing is, like, everything I've ever felt in my head, it comes to light. And that's why I try not to think about it. Because um, I did so much already in Montgomery. And then when I did this, when I did this Frank White and Balfam interview about Dobie, I was like, man, I'm, I'm, I've done everything I wanted to accomplish here. After that interview, I was like, I, was like, I don't want to put that in my head because I'm getting fired. I don't want to put it in yeah. my head. And... That happened January 3rd or 4th. Mm, and the layoffs were what, like two, two weeks, weeks later? later? Yeah. And so I thought that they, so you and uh, my other, I call him my radio uncle, John Long, y'all were all, the same day? Y'all yep. were cut? Mm. So he was five before me. Mm. He was already gone by the time I got there. Wow. Because you work in the afternoons, right? Like you come in a little bit later in the day because your show was at night. But I was, I know I would come in in the morning because I was production director. Oh, okay. So I'd be there all day. So how many hours a day you were putting in? Were you like coming in and leaving and coming back? Or were you just there the whole, like from 9 a.m. to your show was done at night? When I was doing nights, uh, sometimes it would be like that. Yeah. But sometimes I would leave early. Okay. So now, you know, you're not with iHeart anymore, anymore mm-hmm. but you got your mixes, you got your businesses that's thriving. Mm-hmm. You're here in now the Birmingham market on weekends, 95 Seven Jams. You going to mm-hmm. be on nights here? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. We have to, we have to see. What are we waiting on? I don't know. And we got to talk to New York about that. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll just we'll just leave it at that then. So, but what else is next? What else do you want to do that you don't feel like you've done yet? I've always wanted to. It's two things I always wanted to do. I wanted to do more with my production. I always wanted to like do at least do remixes, but possibly produce, um, and maybe tour one day. But touring is not so high on my agenda. Touring just as DJ Frosting, or touring with. A, an artist it would it would either be touring as DJ Frosty or I would have to be a part of an artist show I don't want to just be an artist DJ because you don't that's that's not really DJing right yeah no, I remember you us talking about that yeah I gotta you'd want to do like a real set if yeah. you're gonna go on tour with an artist oh yeah and just be a part of it like I like you know scratching in, in songs and shit like that like like a run DMC like you used to do back in the day like I want to be I if I'm gonna be because you gotta you gotta you always got to keep your brand in mind. Yeah. I don't care you know, what you're doing. You can't just... Because l- I see a lot of DJs that, that tour. They're just a tour DJ. And they're, they don't... They they just leave their brand behind. Yeah. It's like if you get fired from being this tour DJ, what do you have right. left? Right. So you always got to... 
and, you know, work, just brand yourself. And I think that's even a good, um, that's to be said with the DJ that even works in radio. Because I see a lot of DJs who are dependent. I don't want to say dependent. Yeah, but, they are. Okay, well, dependent on, on their station. Right. Like, right. they're getting booked and, and having gigs or regular, you know, residencies locally at certain clubs because they're a DJ yeah. at a radio it's, station. Yeah. And every time you see them, they're doing something that's affiliated with the station. It's like, okay, but what if you're not going to work at the station anymore? It's going to be like getting punched in the nose if they ever get fired because... The phone lines, the dry phones, going, the phones going to dry up mm. from your label people, from from some of the promoters. So you always you always want to keep that brand strong. Don't and don't slack up on your DJing. You know, stay in the streets, stay working, um, because if you ever get let go or something, you you still good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot so of people would, get lazy once th- they get on the radio. Right? Yeah, they're complacent, mm-hmm. and, and because. The radio station allows for so many other things to happen for them. It can carry you a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely does. I think that's for anybody who's in media because a lot of people would say that, you know, radio is dying. But, you know, it, it does help you carry over into other things to a certain extent. Yeah, but radio um, isn't dying. It's not. It's transforming. Absolutely. It's, so let me. There was an article that it, came out this week that. FM and AM uh, numbers were up higher in the last week the or last couple weeks radio because num- of, of the virus. virus right? yeah. So radio numbers went up, streaming numbers went down, which was shocking to me. Yeah. Super shocking. Yeah, streaming numbers were down. Yeah. That's the... But people want to know what's going on locally. Right. They want to. They right. need to know what's happening in their communities. Right. And local and, radio is the way to do that. Right. And that's that's why I have an issue with that the other company at this point because it's like y'all 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 missing it. This is y'all advantage. What other company? Oh, iHeart. So, for instance, right? Like you you want to you want to go up against uh, Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, right? You want to go in that lane, but your advantage. Is the it's local, local. Mm-hmm. don't that's you going you join that yeah you just going to be at you just coming at the bottom of the pile yeah localness is your advantage and you're losing it yeah it's going it, it it's not gonna they're probably turning around but you know they might go back you know to the old ways before it completely dies off but I think it's a uh, it's a huge mistake with what they're doing they they just been behind the eight ball on everything. Like when it comes to that app, the, the the app is great, but now they decided they wanted to charge people um, for certain yeah, things. Like, yeah, yeah. no, y'all behind on that. It's too late for that. It's old for y'all. For yeah, you, you you coming in the game too late. Yeah, mm, that's interesting. How have things been for you with this virus? Like, how is it affecting you personally? Um, because I feel like it affects everybody in different ways. Um, I've just the, for me the only. The, the the crazy thing is I've been building up for this without knowing. Like I've been really focused um getting my studio set back up before mm. before all this happened. And you have a nice little studio set up in your home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I was really as soon as I moved into my house, I was like, I'm I'm getting my studio set back up because I haven't had it since I left Columbia. Mm, that was a while ago. Right. And so cause I was always just in an apartment. So 
Um, I was just like, you know, now I'm back at, I got a house again. Like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my studio back up. And now I'm back motivated to do more work, more project stuff. So the only thing that affect me is the gigs. Um, but other than that, the work, I'm, everything else is, is cool. And your family's all good. Everybody's at home. You're enjoying your time with them. Mm-hmm. That's good. Like, You're like newlywed still, right? Yeah. Is it, has it been a year yet? Nope. Okay. So you're still a newlywed. Mm-hmm. And um, and you were telling me that you guys, you and your, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know your wife's name. I, see, this is how new my relationship is with Frosty, y'all. What's your wife's name, if you don't mind saying? Uh, uh, Chantel. Okay. And you were telling me that you guys have been been together for a while and you guys have a couple of kitties. Mm-hmm. One and one on, on, on the way. What? Yeah, she's prego. Congrats. Yeah. Are you excited? Yeah. When's the baby due? Uh, like early August, late July. Oh wow, that's around the corner. Is it a boy? Or... So, because you guys have a boy and a girl right now, right? Yeah. Right. So, do you know if this is a boy or a girl yet? Nope. She don't want to find out till the delivery. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, that's good. At least you know you don't have to. Because I feel like so many. This is completely off topic, but I'm kind of annoyed that <laughs> we're. I feel like I'm a part of a generation of people who feel like they have to have a gender reveal. And I feel like that's only because they're looking for, I guess, a, a, a little bit of clout on social media. Right, and I'm right, just like, right. that's so unnecessary. Just have a baby shower and go have your baby and sit down. Like, yeah. why would you want to have the additional stress of doing a whole gender reveal? So at least you don't women, have to do. That's women. I know. I know. It, it ain't it ain't us guys. <laughs> I know. Because I know y'all be looking like, we got to do this. <laughs> That's not my style either. I just be like, let's have a baby shower, eat some meatballs, and go to the delivery room. Be done with it. But congratulations. That's what's up. Thank you. Yeah. This is, do you guys want more? No, like, no. This is it? This is it. You sure? Yeah. So I told her, you know, if we going to do one more, because I was good. I got a boy and a girl. I'm good. You okay. Know? But she was, you know, I was like, all right, if we, if we do one more, we got to do it like ASAP. You okay. Know, right. As soon as the wedding was over. All right, we getting it done, and it happened. Because I was like, I don't want to be a super, super old dad. I said, I'm already an old dad. I don't want to be a super old dad. Are you? I feel like I'm an old dad. I think guys kind of like, y'all have the advantage of that. Y'all can be dads whenever the fuck you want to. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you, you know, for me, I want to be able to play basketball with my kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, You're I want in be- good shape. You can do that. Yeah, yeah, I mean. But that's, that's, that's what I said. It got to happen now. Like, this is it. If we're going to do it, we got to do it now. Oh, we ain't doing it. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Well, that's exciting. That's a, that's a good way to wrap up this episode of Coco C with DJ Frosty. I think you're like, the, I can't, I didn't, I was supposed to go back and count. I think you may be the fifth DJ I've had on here. I think fifth okay. or sixth. Okay. Uh, I've had one DJ episode that went viral with DJ Dirty Vegas. That one went kind of crazy. Um, so we'll see because you gave me a little bit of tea. I gave I you mean, some tea. And, and you gave me, you and, gave me a good amount I, of tea, I gave actually. you some tea, but listen, me and, listen, me and Charlamagne are good. Oh, I'm not trying to start uh, nothing. No, I'm just saying. Okay. You know, just, I'm just putting it out there. That's my best friend. He 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 He's done way more for me than than anybody. Yeah. Outside no, of my parents. You y'all know are real saying? cute. Y'all are real cute. That's my, that's my dog. Yeah. For sure. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. We need more black men loving on, on each other like that. That's real cute. Okay. Yeah. Well, do you want to shout out anything um, that you got going on or your social medias or anything like that? Yeah, man. Make sure y'all follow at DJ Frosty. And, and of course, you know, um, you know, search for me on 
Tidal, Spotify, Apple Music. Oh, you're I on Tidal? I'm on all of them. Oh, you're real fancy. I'm on all of them. Excuse me. Play my music, you know, play my my mixes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know. Let me know some. Is that it? Yeah, that's all. That's it for me. Okay. All right. Well, cool. You guys heard it from from Mr. <laughs> Mr. DJ Frosty, state champ. He is everywhere. You said Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and you can stream you on uh, SoundCloud, Title, yeah. Snapchat, DJ Frosty. I don't 3, really know too. the DJ world, so yeah. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah, I got my SoundCloud. All right. Apple Apple Podcasts. Okay. Wait. Yeah. Your mix is on Apple Podcasts. Yes. How does that work? Okay, I'll have to look at that in a minute. You guys already know what it is. Uh, follow me on social media. I am the real Coco, and follow the podcast page at Coco's underscore T E A. All right, you already know. Spread the word to your mama, your daddy, your uncle, your auntie, your baby mama down the street, whoever. Tell them about the Coco's Tea Podcast. You can listen to it anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And thank you for listening. Hey man, that was rocking, man. I like that.